Hey, I'm Daniel, and this is Markers on the Map. This week we return to the happy homes of Animal Crossing New Horizons, plus the not-so-happy town of Dusk. We also chat about Switch Online, Doom Eternal's Horde Mode, Hyrule Warriors DLC, and Mario Party Superstars, all in the same episode. Check out the gaming adventure on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. Amiibo cards. Oh, you're bringing that. Oh, I forgot about that. You're bringing that up. Talk about it. As you may know, Robert, yeah. Animal Crossing received a giant update with some new villagers and some DLC that we will be talking about later in the show. But I just wanted to bring up that I ordered some packs of those new Animal Crossing Amiibo cards uh, yeah. <laughs> this past week. I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> I was in search of the brand new uh, robot octopus villager Cephalobot. So there are 48 cards in the set. There's six cards per, per pack. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them are NPCs and holographics. So it's obviously like any other trading card pack where there's not enough commons to offset having to get duplicates in favor of like collecting all the hollows. But I'm not after the hollows. I was after Cephalobot. Yeah. And I was so worried that I was not going to pull this boy in this packs i pulled one in every single pack and you've what like you had five packs three three, three. so that's three in total then if you pull you yeah. got three of them <laughs> there there was a limit on amazon of like three per per order okay. or like per account i don't know what it was but I was so worried that I wasn't going to get him i ended up getting three he was the only one besides um ace that I got a duplicate of, and Ace is, of course, a bird that I believe was exclusive to the, like, Japanese version of Animal Crossing, like, Mm A-plus or something like that. In addition to that, I got uh, Shino and Sasha, who were really popular, I guess, of the new villagers, so it's like, I ended up, like, lucking out with some of these animals. You got a pretty, like, like, good amount. I think out of of a poll like that, that seems like a pretty good one. It seems like those two and then the Cephalobot are, like, the top three most wanted from what i can see from reading i didn't get i believe it's pronounced ione but like she's mm-hmm. not as popular as so i'm like i'm all into like oh yeah i got some cool villagers like they look cool i got a tom nook holographic card <laughs> tom nook <laughs> here to take my bells to expand my storage but yeah we'll, we'll talk about animal crossing later in the show but i mean like it just feels good to have some victory with cards, especially after my Series 4 pack of Animal Crossing cards was straight rubbish. <laughs> I, I, I want to know, what if, if you got three in a row, what are the chances of that happening again? Is, is there any chance you're going to get more? Uh, of the Series 5 cards? I, I feel like I could probably trade if I needed, like, Ione or something. She might be, like, the only other one I want because... I got, like, all but, like, two of the brand new villagers. Like, the new, new characters mm-hmm. that have never been in anything else. So, it's like, I'm pretty set. I got the card I wanted three times. <laughs> I, I just, I, I want to know, like, because you know what the trend is right now. Are you going to just keep all three of them? If I find someone to trade, like, I yeah. don't know, 
sometime in the future, like a friend has a like an Ione or something, I'd give him a stuff. But I I have a friend who also plays a few friends actually that play Animal Crossing, and I'm sure they're gonna get some cards. So it's like, hey, you guys want a stuff a bot? I'll trade you for the two I don't have of the new villagers. Yeah, but, you gotta get I mean, the new can, ones. can I go buy some Pokemon cards and get some kind of like ultra rare Pokemon card now? <laughs> With your luck, probably maybe you're gonna pull uh what is it? The magic the gathering what's the black lotus? Oh, You're gonna pull one of dude, those. Dude, I was looking at Magic the Gathering cards today at the store. Those are so expensive. The yeah. like, decks they have, I'm like fifty five dollars. What? Yeah, they, those those. You're gonna. I feel like you should start just unboxing cards at this point. You're gonna get. You got some type of luck. You got three in a row. I barely get like. I barely get a certain type of card that I want. I have to get certain a certain amount of packs before I even get the chance to like <laughs> find the one that I want. Let alone three in a row. Oh, I'm just glad it was him and not like a villager i didn't want so yeah man he's gonna move into my island uh tomorrow i i scanned his card for the third time today i made him his little items and now he's taking the place of etoile which is a i think that's how you pronounce it one of the sanrio hello mm-hmm. kitty uh villagers but yeah anyway with that being said Listeners, welcome to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map, the weekly podcast gaming adventure where we do have luck sometimes with Amiibo cards. I am your host, Daniel, and I'm here as always with my good friend and co-host, Robert. How have you been doing? Uh, tired. Just tired, that's all I've been. How have you been? Fairly tired. Pretty well rested this weekend, I think, but I, I've had I've had a tiring week. I know I've been doing anything, but I've had time to just kind of like chill out, but I've just been like getting tired for no reason. Well... You know what I've been noticing in the stores? The Christmas stuff is out. Yeah. And I happen to think they come out with the coolest flavors of things on Christmas. So before we get started with gaming news for the week, I just thought I'd rattle off some of the interesting things I've tried. Uh, I tried M&M Snowballs. They Have you ever had those pretzel flips, the like yogurt-covered pretzels? There's like vanilla and chocolate. Dude, no. I, I... Wait. No. Maybe. It's like an older thing. I don't think they I have think them have. anymore. No, I think I think they come in like around. a blue bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're still around. Okay, yeah. This tastes like those, except they're not as messy because they have an M M&M and M shell on them. Mm-hmm. I give this one like a nine out of ten. Uh, gingerbread Kit Kat, pretty good. Very much that tastes like gingerbread. <laughs> Do you like gingerbread? I feel like I've had. I've never had a fresh gingerbread, but I've had like gingerbread cookies. Like you know, just kind of. And they've been pretty. Sure, right. they've been pretty good. Yeah, this is straight up gingerbread flavored Kit Kat. Um, I had gingerbread flavored Mountain Dew. That I'm not so hot on. Like that one's it's weird. fine, I can't but have it's Mountain just Dew. kind of bizarre. <laughs> I don't know. My, my stomach doesn't agree with Mountain Dew anymore. I can't. I can't have it. I I, I got two bottles, and I'm not gonna get a third. I, it, it's fine for what it is and it was shocking that it actually tastes like gingerbread but i think i'm fine with it um i also got captain crunch christmas crunch that's really good <laughs> captain crunch christmas crunch yeah it's basically captain crunch with like christmas star and tree shaped crunch berries that's a mouthful but it's but... mostly just a, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm looking for a few things that I haven't seen at the store yet, like some coffee creamers, some Christmas coffee creamers. But, man, I just love when the Christmas stuff comes out. It's also interesting. All that coffee stuff, I don't know, man. It's going to be kind of hard to find. I feel like of all the things, the Christmas coffee theme, anything, is going to be difficult. You're not going to see anything. I know. I'm looking for the cookies and cocoa coffee mate 
They had it last year. Uh-huh. I think they're bringing it back, so I'm looking for that. Oh, and we also got some of those Funko ornaments. We got a Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man, and you know I couldn't pass up on getting the homie Skeletor. <laughs> there's a Skeletor one? Yeah, there's a Skeletor ornament, but then there's a Funko one, so it looks like the pop, mm-hmm. and we're like, oh, we gotta get Skeletor, so Christmas tree about to be decked out with some Skeletor goodness this year. Anyway, we got some news this week, Robert, some news. but it ain't that much. Yeah. <laughs> Super Mario 3D All-Stars, a game that we both have for the Switch, I guess got a patch this week where you can use that N64 controller for that version of the game. It's, like, compatible with it now. I I don't know. I haven't been able to really focus on Switch because I still have Joy-Con problems. I still have Drift. Oh, yeah. So I've not... I I don't know. I haven't even really played All-Stars, honestly, for that much. Well, hopefully Drift doesn't happen on those Nintendo 64 controllers because now that they're compatible with this version, I feel like this is the one that more people would want to play versus the Switch Online version because this one has, like, touch-ups that the online version doesn't have. The online version is, like, the straight-up N64 one, whereas the the Switch version has, like, some touch-ups to it. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they're doing, but forget all this and release Mario Galaxy 2. They forget that exists. I know, they need to put Mario Galaxy 2 on the Switch because the first one's great and I've never gotten to play the second one. <laughs> That's what I'm bro, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just saying that. I always, you know what I've always wanted? What if mm. they released the DualShock original style, like the DualShock 3, but made it all updated for modern day, like, PS5 consoles? That would be interesting because I was just reading this thread on a, on a gaming website about, like, is it possible to find a DualShock 3 nowadays, like a legit one? Mm-hmm. And, like, it's like a GameCube controller. Finding a legit one is going to cost you a lot of money, even though they are out there. So, I'm, like, they're bringing back the Genesis controller from Nintendo. So, like, I don't know. <laughs> bringing other controllers back would be, like, beneficial, especially for those of us who have PS3s that have been stored in their, you know, storage for a couple of years. I, w- I would probably prefer if companies just re-release for a short time uh, just not even give it to retailers just on their website yeah at least have like a small stock or just like a back stock of dualshock 3s um because you know dualshock 4s are starting to get more scarce and scarce mm-hmm. now for people who have ps4s and it's like oh god I, honestly i wouldn't mind it if they did like special orders if you could like special order your dualshocks like how xbox mm-hmm. does it but what if nintendo also did that this is a reason that I am, whenever they announce the thing that's the successor to the Switch, I'm buying a few more Joy-Cons to have boxed up because I I really love my Switch and I always want to have access to those games. It'll be, so. that's going to be a while, but you know, yeah, I get, uh, no, it's, I don't know, Nintendo, when it comes, I've always wanted to get those Super Nintendo controllers and I never could for the online. The ones for the Switch? Yeah. Yeah, they keep going on and off online, and they sell it in, like, 10 seconds, just like the N64 and the Genesis ones mm-hmm. do. actually wish you could use the um, the ones that came with the SNES Mini on the Switch as well. I don't, they use that weird Wii connector. Yeah. So that's interesting. <laughs> actually turned into more of a conversation about what controllers we want to see remade or brought back, but I'm all here for it. <laughs> Anyhow... Remember last episode I told you Xenoverse 2 was getting some more DLC? Yes, which was surprising for me. It came out. Uh, Kalafla, I believe Kale was in it, and a few other characters. I think one of them was Jiren at full power, and I'm forgetting who the fourth one was. But the interesting thing here is that they announced more DLC is coming in 2022 for Xenoverse 2, the game that just will never stop. This game won't go. So what I did was... uh. 
I re-downloaded my copy because mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm, maybe I can get into it. I, I have the Kefla and the Baby DLC, so like maybe I can just relearn how to play. But no, coming back into Xenoverse 2 after as long as I've been out is very daunting. It's such a complex like game to just waltz right back into. There's so many things that they've added. It's Xenoverse always reminded me of kind of an MMO, but not an MMO. So there's so much things. There's like there's like a premium currency now and there's like you can have little like buddy characters with you and there's all sorts of new parallel quests that you can do but like it's easier to do those with people online so xenoverse 2 never really seemed to me like a game that can be like of course it can be handled in single player but it always seemed like it would be more fun multi Mm -hmm. but once again my jaw is dropping at the fact that this game is over five years old now and it is still getting like very meaningful dlc content with like four characters in a pack wait it's four it's i think they've added 40 characters no no it's five years it's old. five years old this game is old this game can, I, as of october 2021 it is five years old i remember oh where man. i was when i bought that day one i think it was october like 26th to, uh, so 2016 what justifies the game didn't they have like a xenoverse too light like yeah i think like it was that, like right? a free version yeah i think this was justifying it to have more dlc i think it's just so popular and took off so much that they're like let's just keep it going instead of making the xenoverse 3 and doing these DLC packs because it seems like there's enough of an audience there to buy DLC for, you know, a five-year-old game. And, like, put it this way, Street Fighter V is still getting DLC, and it's almost six years old. It will be in February, but, like, it hasn't got as much frequent DLC mm-hmm. or as much content-wise as, as Xenoverse 2 has. So it's very interesting to, to look at this. I really don't know what justifies the team for keep making DLC, but at the same time, I will agree. Sometimes I honestly think an update and adding just more to the already beloved game is better than just making an entire sequel for no reason like every like two yeah. years some games i but i i i think at this point Xenoverse should probably have a sequel so they can update the engine you know and if, if they, they decide not to they should at least do maybe a ps5 version because even on backwards compatibility the load times in this are kind of rough like when i was you know trying to get back into it it's the load times are still okay, yeah. pretty rough even on ps5 so i'd i'd settle for a native ps5 version. i mean the content you can't like it's like i'm i'm wondering what kind of content they can bring in that's not already there but yeah this game is wild <laughs> i played it most of the time you know, in the first month it came out, but every now and then I, I give it another go. Only play like just the first one. A little too mechanically like complicated for me. I, the first one I was like all over <laughs> for like half a year, but yeah, that's cool. You know what else is getting more DLC? Fitness Boxing Two, surprisingly, a game I need to play more of. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're adding new songs for every one of the instructors, and they're adding a new instructor. Uh, a game I willed into existence literally <laughs> like a week before it got announced. So I-, I do need to play more of it, and I am waiting for the anime. <laughs> um, have you have time to play it though? It's not a matter of time; it's a matter of space. I don't really have the space right now to play. Mm-hmm. 
I, I have a lot of I things mean, that I need to organize and clean up, so I don't really necessarily have the space for it. Isn't the whole point of the Switch that you can take it on the go? Yes, so what I do is I take it out of the common room and put it in my room to do fitness boxing, so I don't... <laughs> so I'm not, like, just dancing around in front of everybody. Oh, I get but you. I, I have no room right now, but I, I would really like to get this DLC and <laughs> play some more fitness boxing. It's a game I love. Like, the first one is still in, like, my top ten most played Switch games of, like, all of the Switch games, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> anyway, another game I would love to get back into is Marvel's Avengers for the PlayStation 5. Of course. They are bringing Spider-Man in on November 30th. That is this month. And that's, that's going to be a Sony-only, probably, most likely. Yes, Definitely. this is confirmed to be only on the PS4 and PS5 versions. This was the big selling point for the game. The game, as we know, is over a year old at this point. I'm a little worried that this might be, like, the last meaningful content update. But they might have made enough money over, like, cosmetics and stuff. Especially some of the MCU items that, like, I'm crossing my fingers that maybe some content and heroes will come out, you know, in 2022. Mm -hmm. However, this game, as I have expressed, is, is very good. But at the same time, I don't have anybody to play with. So I'm not really able to do certain missions that are more difficult for a single player to tackle, especially this one that's like a like a mini raid, like a strike almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's kind of tough, and randoms are few and far between online, and a lot of times they're not doing the objective that you want to do. Like if you want to go through a level, they might want to go get all the treasures, and it just it's you can't really communicate well with randoms, and they are introducing a raid with this update. So hopefully this isn't like the final meaningful content update, but if it is, I at least want to try the raid. <laughs> I don't know how this might. I can see it being the final. Maybe it's a it's a strong possibility. Put it this way: if if they're gonna drop Avengers, at least put more focus on a single player AAA game in into into place. I know there was this whole thing where they were talking about well, Crystal Dynamics might not have been the best team to give a, a live service title to mm-hmm. and like i don't know if i <laughs> i don't know if the avengers game should have been a live service in the first place i mean it works for what it's worth and the game is very fun but i think live service elements overtook what could have been mm-hmm. you feel me on that one i feel you yeah it's what makes guardians so good the fact that it's not a live service so two last little quick things we got this week the Binding of Isaac Repentance, which has been out on PC since March, I believe, mm-hmm. or earlier this year. I, I had thought it was going to get delayed, but they surprised announced it was coming out on November 4th uh, for the PS5 and the Switch and the Xbox Series X. So that was, of course, before last week's podcast went up, but mm-hmm. after we recorded. Um, so that's out. It is a game-sized expansion to The Binding of Isaac. It is quote unquote the final uh update to the game which is wild because rebirth came out in 2014 i mm-hmm. want to say so this is another one of those games that's been going for a long this time this is a certain theme but, with this episode so far when it comes to news yeah <laughs> there's this i don't it know is. there's something something about news and things getting updated after them being out for a certain amount of time 
I know everything I have here is an update or a patch or some DLC, except literally the last piece of news that we have through <laughs> this week. And obviously, it's been a slow week. There hasn't been any major announcements or anything. Um, and oftentimes, we need a week like this to kind of like decompress all the news. So I don't know. It's a ho- it's the holidays, so it's gonna be busy with that more or less selling existing titles and already trying to announce yeah. new stuff. And I think that the biggest news of the holiday season is always whatever comes out of the Game Awards, mm-hmm. be it, like, something we're not that's interested the end, in or though, something yeah. we are interested in. But that's, like, that's coming out next month, and that'll be, like, the last big showcase mm-hmm. or, or whatever. But um, it gives us more time to focus on the, like, swath of games that are, like, backlogged because not a lot of games come out in December as well. But with that being said, my favorite news story of the week... And I don't have the numbers in front of me. But Mario Kart 8 Deluxe for the Switch has done the impossible. It has outsold Mario Kart Wii. You lying. It has finally outsold Mario Kart Wii. No, that was the highest one ever, right? Mario Kart Wii was in the top 10 sellers like a couple of years ago. That's... And it came out in 07, I believe. That's Because every, not only was it obviously a pretty decent and good game. But it's great game. Every game kind of came bundled with it after it too. Like it was kind of a staple to get with it. It's kind of, I mean, that's a that's a lot of. I mean, I haven't purchased a copy yet. Don't worry, one out of every like two Switch owners has that. Game. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I'm the one that doesn't have it because like I haven't gotten it yet, but I want to get it. So that's wild to me, because Mario Kart Wii was something you'd think, oh no 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 Mario Kart game will ever sell this, and I mean it's just. That's the power of eight deluxe. That that tells me that we are never going to get a Mario Kart nine, or at least no. We won't this for is a long time. this is their, it's like a GTA five. This is their which GTA sold 5. like five million copies the past couple of months. This is their GTA five. They're never going to make another one if it, as long as this one sells well. See, but they update GTA five, and they've not updated Mario. Well, Kart they update 8 the deluxe online. They never actually update the solo. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what I mean. They're they're giving it some content. They're putting more into the game. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is just a timeless thing, though. It's a very fun game. I'll give it. It's the best Mario Kart, in, mm-hmm. in my honest opinion. But um, I, I I could go for some new tracks here if we're not going to get Mario Kart 9. Like, I imagine the Switch successor of what? Mario Kart 8 Super Deluxe or something like that. Just, why don't they just name the next one Mario Kart 8 2? Not even 9, just 8 2. I'm more or less concerned that they'll up they'll name the the next one like Mario Kart World or something, and mm-hmm. it'll be a crossover like Smash Bros. Because they've already got a lot of other Nintendo characters in the in Eight Deluxe. But yeah, I think that's wild news as far as because like Mario Kart Eight is like an or Mario Kart Wii is something that is like impenetrable sales wise. But mm-hmm. here we are in 2021. It's been dethroned. Anyway, I have a Nintendo Direct rumor. It's for a game called Optics of Tron. Kind of like Discs of Tron, the old arcade game. It's been years, but the grid has returned, and with it, a formidable new evil. Create an avatar and enter the grid of the future in Optics of Tron. Technology consumes modern life in the year 2121, and life is more advanced than ever. Your character navigates a bright and colorful world full of exciting activities and wild stories by day. But by night, they enter the grid, which has once again appeared to face off against the villainous Master Control Unit, a squad of five zone leaders, and the unique districts of the grid. 
light cycles are just the start, as your custom avatar can be outfitted with unique weapons and transformable augments to ensure each person's trip through the grid is different. Challenge enemies in close or ranged combat in a third-person action setting, with particle effects that push the switch to its limits. While enjoying a plot that revolves around the techno-downfall of a civilization in the face of the Master Controls unit's vicious leader, Sark II. Fuse reality with the grid as the two meld and mix as the game launches players into a seamless set of two worlds alongside thousands of others. In between plot sections, race against friends or others online, challenge them to disc battles, join factions and wage war, or tackle co-op areas and arenas where you can earn cosmetic rewards alongside powerful new augments to your weapons, skills, stats, and more. Even locate legendary weapons to find mysterious quests that lead you through cyber dungeons to seek out the game's ultimate treasures, Neo Suits, with transformable functions so draw-droppingly mesmerizing that we dare not spoil it for you here. New environmental elements alive with each new zone leader as well, so don't expect this to be like the Tron of old. The future is now. Join the battle against Sark 2 in a world with endless possibilities. A world combined with a computer that man's never been until Optics of Tron launches on the Nintendo Switch. Been a while since we had a good Tron game. Has When's the last time we've had a Tron game? Tron Legacy? I believe there... Was there a Tron game? Yeah, there was one on the PS3 for Tron Legacy, I think. Okay. And then there's Discs of Tron. And I there was one for the Game Boy Advance, Tron Killer App, like Tron 2.0 Killer App, uh-huh. a game I always wanted but never got. Um, it, I think it was like an isometric Tron game. I don't know like if it was like shooting or like throwing discs or if there was like combat sections at all to it. I don't know. I just know that like most things on Game Boy Advance like that were isometric, but mm-hmm. it always looked really cool to me. And I believe it was before I had even seen the first movie. But I'm a huge fan of Tron, especially Legacy. This is going to be one of those things where this isn't actually an update to the movie from like 2000 and what, like 10 or when did that movie come out? Tron I believe Legacy? it was 09, 010. Oh yeah, like, like it's going to be an, actually a sequel to that franchise because this whole theme of this podcast is updates to things that for that came out years ago. Well, it seems like this one takes place so far in the future that it would be like way, way after whatever the next Tron movie uh-huh. comes out. Uh, like is because they are i guess working on another tron movie which i'm really excited for because oh, Tron legacy is like omits the most enjoyable movies i've ever seen and i've yeah. seen a lot of enjoyable movies but tron legacy always like was a was a good relaxing cool awesome hype movie and every time i see it i'm like oh i love this part i love the part when he's riding the bike through the street and the cool daft punk song comes on <laughs> or like i love when they're riding the, the 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 bikes or then they have like the helicopter the, like the planes later on in the movie and like yeah. clue is really cool and my sack boy in little big planet 2 always wore his tron 2 clue um suit and helmet so i'm a big fan of tron i have not seen the cartoon yet there is a cartoon they have it on disney plus um i've been i guess slacking on watching that but like that's me with tv shows in the first place <laughs> all, th- all i want to know is that there's just gonna be any any cool driving sequence with the lights you know that's that's actually my favorite part of tron every time someone references it yeah is the more i'm sure that there will be plenty of that it was in the rumor so i'm sure we'll get like really cool spectacle scenes of, of the light cycles because the original Tron, it was kind of just like a plain straight up mm-hmm. line that they were going around like a like a really like solid colored line and they were just running around it. But in Tron Legacy, they had like ramps and everything and like it looked like gel coming out of the back of their bikes. Oh, 
I just want to I just want to go rewatch Tron Legacy. No, I think I'm doing that tonight. <laughs> Good movie. So I'm I'm looking forward to optics of Tron. I wonder like optics we always think maybe they'll add some kind of vr thing to this with labo vr but it seems like a game like this is something that will push the switch to its limit being one of those pseudo mmos anyway we got some games this week that we did not get to last week that i've been kind of going through so uh why don't we start with animal crossing dlc we kind of touched at this at the beginning of the show remember well often on this show i talk about how i need a relaxing game and something that is like relaxing to a lot of people like a park management sim like a jurassic world evolution or a slime rancher or your you know collect or a stardew valley stardew valley um are are relaxing to people but they're not to me because there's like time-based elements and stress-based elements and like make like management elements that you have to keep walking around here making sure this is okay or like a jurassic world evolution making sure like like the people are protected from the storm and stuff like that Mm mm-hmm and Animal Crossing is that game where you can, like, do something and just set it down while you're looking something up on your phone, and nothing bad will happen. Like, your your villagers won't be, like, in a mass panic um, if you put the controller down for a second. So, mm-hmm. I've been enjoying getting back into this, but they have added so much stuff that it's, like, overwhelming how much daily stuff there is to do now. The first is that your home can be expanded which i was running out of you know space to put all my stuff which for me like if i'm running out of space then like the hardcore animal crossing players ran out of space ages ago um so you can pay tom nook some bells to have your space expanded i think it's like five thousand is the max now um you could redecorate your house for free the outside um they have added shops that you can build for the you know shop sellers that that come into your village every now and then like Mm -hmm. once a week or something you can they can have their own separate shop now they added the coffee shop to the museum with brewster and you can go in sit down have a cup of coffee or invite you know amiibo villagers in Mm -hmm. and they added mystery islands which were in the 3ds version animal crossing new leaf where you can go to an island and like find some new recipes or some new stuff because they added cooking now you can cook now and find recipes for that and also, they brought back one of the things I was hoping was would be in the game from the start, which is the gyroids. And what they are are little figures. They're like figurines. They're like action figures. Mm-hmm. And you put the fragments in it and like underground, and then you water them, and the next day you'll dig up a gyroid. And there's like I think confirmed like thirty different ones, but there's like different colors for each one. And they're all like different looking and they all move differently or like one of them crumples up one of them blows bubbles and they kind of just stand there and dance and they'll like go with music if you put the music on so they've added this whole collectible element yeah. to animal crossing uh new horizons that it was missing so now there's a reason for me to log on and see like which random gyroid i'm gonna get for the day so i'm making a whole room full of them now i think i have like six because after it rains you get more so it's been fun kind of you know going through the motions and having a lot uh of different things and newly added things to 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 add on to it but they didn't stop there so i did get the nintendo switch online expansion pack remember we had a long discussion the very hefty you know 50 dollar a year thing so it came with the animal crossing dlc and i gotta say this is probably one of my most favorite dlc packs ever specifically because of what it's 
helping me do, which is relax while I'm playing a game. Um, it's the Happy Home Paradise. What you do basically is you go to the um, Happy Home Paradise planning building and there's some villagers, like random animals from Animal Crossing around the island and you go talk to them. Mm-hmm. Then you choose a square of a, a, a grid-based map and you just go and you build them a home. You build the front yard and you build the interior of the house and you use items that they want that have to be incorporated and then you can put your own items in and i don't really feel like there's a goal of making it look a specific way but it's just like you are sitting there there is no pressure on you it's the most chill thing ever and you like put a chair here or put a you know a tree here to make their yard look nice and they it just like you get some satisfaction out of the character going like wow you really did a great job building this house for me and you you theme it after him you take pictures and then you get like a in-game currency to buy new items that you can take back to your island and i've not i've I've been playing animal crossing is like incrementally like advances day by day so there's going to be i believe like a school you can build on the island um i i don't know what to say except like I've just been having like literally the most chill time, which is mm-hmm. such a like a good thing after playing things like Doom Eternal or Dusk. Just having this like, let me just sit down and build someone a house for 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> I haven't played Dusk, but I want to get that so bad. Oh yeah, I'll talk about it here in a minute. But yeah, Animal Crossing DLC. This is solid work. Like I am super happy with this. It's just dopamine hits. It's. I'm, 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 I can't help but smile the whole time I'm playing it, so... That's good. It's, yeah. It, it, sometimes you do need a, a relaxing game like that. It looks like each place might be able to fit more than one villager, so I'm wondering just how... If, like, can you build a vacation home for every animal in Animal Crossing, or are they going to cap it and maybe you'd have to, like, remove someone's vacation home in a while? But it's going to take a long time to get to that point so good for a solid like 30 minutes a day just doing random things on animal crossing and getting new stuff and it's a it's a good time i love animal crossing i wonder is animal it crossing brought me back sell, still selling well you think it'll ever be yes mario kart 8 title? i don't think it will ever beat mario kart 8 but it's probably always going to be like the second best selling game on switch <laughs> we'll see one day i don't know they keep updating it well, I think this is the last free meaningful update, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming they won't do much more DLC, so Animal Crossing updates might be, like, just about done. But, hey, I'm never going to, like, say for sure, for sure. But if this is their last update, it was a good one. With that being said, I want to touch on the Switch Online expansion pack as a whole mm-hmm. before we get on uh, with Doom Eternal and, yeah, and yeah. Dusk. So this is great. There's not a lot on there yet. Yeah. But there should be here pretty soon. Well, I mean, I say there's not a lot, but there's like over 20 games between the Genesis and the N64. Um, but there should be a lot more coming soon based on, on what I'm hearing. But I did finally get to try Mario Kart 64, a game that I have never played. Um, so I've only played the tracks that get... Like every Mario Kart game starting with the Super Circuit like remakes tracks from the old ones. Uh, so... I've played some of the tracks, like Rainbow Road was in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and everything, but uh, you've played Mario Kart 64 before, right? Yes, a while back, though. I won't remember how it is now. It's a little unwieldy, isn't it? It's a little <laughs> tough to control. A slippery, I guess is the word. Mm-hmm. 
it's 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 fairly touchy i think control wise and um it it's got different turning and mechanics than you know the modern mario karts but i'm i'm enjoying its approach to like track design and everything mm-hmm. what i don't like about it is the rubber banding is out of control it's yeah. out of control I, on mario kart 64 i think most of the rubber banding in each game is out of control but maybe with this one like eight deluxe is fine and mario kart wii was fine and even seven but like on 64 it is out of control it is like you could be you it could be you too like i i was behind on um the yoshi circuit for like the whole race in eighth place and i still made it in like fifth at the end uh-huh which highlights another thing that 64 does where if you're doing uh mario mario gp you will not get to go to the next race if you're fifth through eighth place you can only move on if you're first through fourth which is like kind of that was part of the original wild. i believe too yeah it might have been like that that. um i haven't played that in a while too but we'll we'll hit that up for an snes revival one of these days one day the uh mario kart 64 has some really iconic things gonna take some getting used to but i think that's most n64 games i also played yoshi's story which i've never played before Mm -hmm. tell me how that is like shadow the hedgehog yoshi's story (laughs) yeah i see you say that but a lot of people don't like shadow the hedgehog well it's not gameplay wise I'm saying, like, you choose a level that you play at the start. Okay. And then you don't play the other ones. You just have a separate selection of, like, levels. So you can, like, choose your own path, kind of like you do in Shadow the Hedgehog. I'm like, how is this How is this game Shadow? Um, as far as I can tell, there's no, like, end goal to the levels. Mm-hmm. I think that the goal is to just collect as much fruit to fill up the screen. So it's kind of a weird game so far. Um, it's unique. I'll give it that. But I feel like this is one that people aren't too, like, hot on. Mm-hmm. There's a few other things I've tried. I put a little... I, I think I did the first level of Star Fox 64, and I know that game from the, the 3DS version. And uh, I tried playing Ocarina of Time, and we know I don't like that game. Of course. <laughs> I, I and mean... It's, it's not because it, the controls are so... I don't like Ocarina of Time. Don't, don't hate me, listener. I don't like it. I've never played I've it given it plenty of tries. So, I don't know. Don't play Ocarina. Doesn't uh, interest me. If you're going to play a Zelda, <laughs> is, if, if anyone's going to play a Zelda, then play Breath of the Wild because it's basically not really a Zelda game. <laughs> we'll see because I don't know. that, that, that You played Death of... Stranding, right? Yeah. That's Breath of the Wild. I think you played the best Zelda game. I don't, I don't know. Man. It's one of those things where that era of, of gaming, I said the 64 PS1, you've had to have really play those growing up because I don't know. I feel like any of those games... Even the good ones, it takes still a special type of person to understand it does the take, era. Yeah, it, it, I've pl- I, I used to have a friend that uh, that had a Nintendo 64, so he didn't have Mario Kart, but I've played a few of these things before, and there's certain things that I hope kind of come to the service. Um, mm-hmm. Donkey Kong 64 among them, even though that's the one that like took Collectathon, you know, overboard. But the one I really hope comes to the Switch Online is Diddy Kong Racing. Um, which I have played on the Nintendo 64 when I was very young, and I also played the 3DS version. It's, it's kind of a difficult game, but I really like its uniqueness and like the different vehicles and everything like mm-hmm. that. So, um, And Wave Race 64, obviously the best Nintendo 64. Everyone, I don't know, everyone keeps joking about Wave. Is it really that good? Yeah, it's really that good. It is. <laughs> so let's hope for the best. Now there's a few other things I'd like to run down that we haven't got the chance to talk about that uh yet Mm -hmm. um the first is doom eternal's horde mode 
this was a free update. This is a single-player horde mode. I'm mm. not complaining because you can pause this. It will save at certain checkpoints, and you know if you <laughs> you know from talking to me and from from hearing this podcast, listener, I like a good save point. Yes. Um. So Doom Eternal Horde mode gives you combat challenges where you get your weapons built up from from scratch. You start with a weapon, and then every round you beat, you'll get another weapon. You might get some life ups or something. The rounds are pretty short. Um, in between rounds, you might get a round where you're in a small room where you have to defeat a lot of enemies, or you might get a platforming challenge, which mm-hmm. Doom Eternal has plenty of. And you just run the gauntlet. I've not beat Horde mode. It, they kind of, it, even on normal, it's or easy. It's which is what I plan. Um, whatever the easiest difficulty is, it's it still gets to be to the point where it's like super tough. Mm-hmm. But I appreciate the gameplay of doom eternal so much i feel like it's the best fps i've ever played and i just appreciate not having to go through a level to enjoy some of the combat and if you don't have the dlc i believe they added in like dlc enemies to the to the horde mode update which is of course free so they they like tell you how to defeat them or what weapons to use against them so there's earnable cosmetics and they added a lot of new cosmetics to the Mm -hmm. game just keep updating doom eternal guys i'm all for it it's good You've always wanted save points. Yes. What do you do? You think it's that much of a bother if it doesn't have it? Well, it doesn't. It it has about three per run. Mm-hmm. Like it will start you over at a section of five levels. So if you finish a section of five levels, which takes about fifteen minutes, you can pause there, so you don't have to commit forty five whole minutes to finishing horde mode if okay. you don't want to. It will only start you over from that section of five levels, like the mission, but it does checkpoint you every five levels or so okay i'm a big fan of i don't like when i have to set large amounts of time to to play anything and i don't like a game when a game doesn't kind of respect the player's time so this is a good like concession for that it's like aliens fireteam elite needs checkpoints or at least the missions need to be cut in half or in thirds some of them in thirds but yeah doom eternal still going strong Let's see if we have enough time to touch on the last couple of things I, I haven't got to yet. Dusk. We've been waiting for this one. I've been waiting. At least I was really hyped for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember we saw a trailer for this on Limited Run Games, the E3 thing for the, the Switch physical. This is, of course, a game that came out, I think, two years ago on the on the PC, but mm-hmm. it's finally on Switch. Um, It's kind of like a Quake clone, but mm-hmm. it's you know obviously got a lot of modern day improvements to it uh frame rate it has the peacekeepers color editor except for screen filters so you can play dusk in whatever color you want there's not a huge plot to it it's kind of like eerie but i've beat the first episode like it's divided into episodes kind of like doom was where it's like episode one two and three Mm -hmm. and they each have like 10 missions or so and it's gotten to be a little more not sci-fi ish but mechanical than what it leads on to be because there's kind of like a a certain enemy type that starts coming out at the end of episode one every level's full of secrets the jump is so crazy you can turn it into like a climb basically where you can scale nearly vertical walls just by holding jump while you're moving the sense of speed is amazing field of view slider is wild for a switch game like it's crazy and it's really smooth the weapons feel like they do meaningful damage Mm-hmm. I'm playing on accessible difficulty because I'm really bad at like shooters like that. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of just going through it, but I have taken a loss at the beginning of of the second episode. Um, overall, it's like if if you want a modern day like shooter in the vein of Doom or Quake or Wolfenstein, like you cannot go wrong with Dusk. Hats off to the developers, and yeah, every now and then we need a good game like this that's a throwback, but it, it's got enough QOL stuff in it that it feels very modern. It feels just like it has a filter over it that looks that looks classic. What really interested me to dust in the first place, it just looked like a don't think about it, don't have really a story. Not so not story to follow, but just kind of like a quick pace, fast game to just kind of really just yeah, play through. That's, that's what, what I really is. wanted. Yeah. Like there's lore there, uh-huh. but like it doesn't really matter. Just jump around and strafe circles and blast everything with dual wielding shotguns yeah that's or, like or you know whatever you have on you yeah it also has a super shotgun a la the doom slayer which i really enjoy um definitely a game that you just like pick up play for half an hour have a ton of fun defeating enemies and uh-huh. then you set it down and you're like your itch has been scratched when it comes to when it comes to like pure gameplay with with dusk also you can pick up a bar of soap and throw it at an enemy and it will mm-hmm. like explode them in this game. So, few last little things in our last couple minutes of this week's episode. Hyrule Warriors DLC two. Wait, is <laughs> another game that was released a while back and getting yes, DLC? The, the DLC took entirely too long to come out for. Like this DLC should have been out in my opinion, but whatever. Mm-hmm. It's an excuse to come back to what uh, even after Samurai Warriors five. I still think Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity is the best Warriors game that they've ever made. Mm-hmm. It's just like mechanically so satisfying. The it, it might be sub 30 frames, but I just love the art style of the Breath of the Wild universe as as much as like I, yeah, I, I, yeah, Breath yeah, of the Wild a, itself is it's, it's a nice art style, art style yeah. Like. Yeah, um this DLC introduces Pura and Robbie as a playable character, but you, it's more or less you playing as Robbie, which is kind of disappointing cuz mm-hmm. I'd rather play as Pura. Um, it also added a secret DLC character, which I will not spoil on the on the podcast uh, yet, but it is pretty cool to be able to play as this character. Um, it introduces a few new story missions. It's more or less samey to the base game, mm-hmm. whereas DLC 1 had like a whole separate quest list. This one is more about like, do some more missions, get a few more playable characters, and now like... 10 of the characters i want to say have a a fourth tier of weapon so but they never raised the level cap past 100 in this game which i thought was a misstep Mm -hmm. um but you can raise the level cap of your weapons so weapons and movesets seems to be the way that the warrior series as a whole is going because like uh in samurai warriors 5 it's more or less the moveset any character can be equipped with any moveset it's not the case with this but this one's letting you level up the weapons further mm-hmm. instead of having your characters be like level 300 like in the first Hyrule Warriors. I, I'm i a person who likes leveling up characters as we've seen with, you know, WarioWare, like mm-hmm. level up your Ashley or whatever. But the weapons, it's a little different. It's a little different feeling. Um, but I need to spend some more time time with the DLC uh, before I make any judgments on that. It, it's I, I, I tend to play as the same couple of characters in this game because they're really fun. Um, Impa in particular with like her clone copy ability to make like a bunch of Impa clones that you just pile up on enemies with. Um, 
I do think maybe they could have added a few more characters. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's a sore spot for me. But I think the sore spot for me is that you play as Robbie and Perez off to the side when I wish it was the other way around. But I will always appreciate you know coming back to this game it, i think as it stands it's like my fifth most played switch game ever so mm-hmm. you know i like it how many warrior games does it take to satisfy your because i think the last one i played was samurai warrior that we yeah. played so and yeah five would, would it take so it's like would it take dlc for you to get back to other warrior type games or do you think Hyrule wars is your definitive like warrior game well i think hyrule warriors is the best feeling mm-hmm. um the story i don't really care about for a story it was persona 5 strikers that was the best one but persona 5 strikers plays more like instead of like fighting off thousands of enemies you go into an encounter with maybe like 20 and you use an attack and then Uh you move on to the next encounter um so like mechanically persona 5 strikers um wasn't what i wanted but story-wise it was very strong and was what i wanted so i always consider that to be a really great and fun game because it was fun Samurai Warriors 5 is more or less like just go and defeat enemies. Whereas Hyrule Warriors has like counters. Like if a if a snowflake appears over an enemy's head, you can freeze them. Or if the if the lock appears over the head, you can lock them in place and like hit them and they'll like fly back and everything mm-hmm. like that. It also has the most unique like Samurai Warriors 5 has very not not super duper unique things. They're like swords, jump swords, like claw things arrow bow and arrow but all the weapons in hyrule warriors have like special features to them like some characters can fly or some characters can spit out lava and they'll blow up or some characters can eat something and they'll shoot like a beam out of their mouth stuff like that um i'd say the hyrule warriors age of calamity is like i don't know if it's the definitive quote-unquote warriors experience but it's definitely a really good game for being a warriors game Mm -hmm. and you know those are generally like don't review super high and are like samey like if you're looking for a warriors game that's not the quote-unquote same age of calamity is is the game for you Mm -hmm. i did play one last thing that's been out for a while now one more thing i haven't i haven't played much and i'm i'm hoping to (laughs) to play with people here pretty soon uh mario party superstars oh yeah this is essentially a remake of some aspects of mario party 1 2 and 3 mm-hmm. and has many games from mario parties 1 through 10 and the mini game selection that they've chosen is like really solid except for tug of war which is like that infamous one that broke people's you know n64 controllers from like mm-hmm. rubbing it with their palms and like nintendo i guess sent out a glove to so like that's the only sore spot on the whole game basically it is a remake of like extremely popular boards from the first three games and a selection of i think 100 mini games Mm -hmm. so i've played the first two boards which is like yoshi's island and space world and bonus stars my gripe is with bonus stars because i should have won i was playing against npcs so like whatever it's npcs i should have won both times but these Mm -hmm. bonus stars are ridiculous it's like soul crushing (laughs) 
when we play Mario Party, we're leaving bonus stars on so you can understand how <laughs> you're in the lead the whole game, and then all of a sudden it says, well, Donkey Kong got the um, lowest amount of spaces traveled, so we're going to give him a star. He also lost the most coins, so we're going to give him oh, another star. Oh, yeah. Okay, I've, I've seen those. I've seen, I've seen where like, it's like the wait most a second. <laughs> amount of distance traveled, or like the most amount of coins collected, or it's just something. They'll give it for anything, just like being part of the game here's a star yeah um but that's a game i this is a game i feel like would be better in discussion when multiple people have played it and potentially guests to the podcast have played it um i will say the character selection is fine i've been playing as daisy and putting on random cpus and um Mm -hmm. yoshi's island level the first one is like you the the star can move if somebody triggers the event space so you have to like travel between the two islands space world has multiple paths that you can use to get to the star which moves every time that somebody buys one and then if they cross the middle there's like a countdown to where if it hits zero bowser will blast like literally everybody who's standing in that laser's path and they'll lose like all of their coins so like mario Mm -hmm. party is a game series where like the worst thing can happen at any point but don't worry, because the game will probably give you a bonus star if the worst thing happens to you. <laughs> you could probably be like 10 stars ahead of everybody, but eventually you'll do 10 things that justify you getting some bonus stars. Yeah, so it's it's very unpredictable. It's more unpredictable than like a Mario Kart, where it's like, oh, I'm in sixth place, but I'm going to get the blue shell, and it's going to hit everybody in its path, and then I'm going to be in first place. I, I swear, there's another Mario Party that had this option before this one. There's been other. Mario I think Party all of them have it. Yeah, but I think you can turn it off in this one. Okay, that's good. I don't know if you can turn it off in the other ones because the only other Mario Party that I've owned is Super Mario Party. Oh, and Mario Party um, Ten. Otherwise, I've just played them at people's houses or mm-hmm. at, like events or something. Um, but Super Mario Party, I think you can save mid like single player game in this one you can actually save per turn if you're playing with npcs Mm -hmm. which like i said um going back to uh, doom eternal this is something i like you can save at the start of a turn so if you don't have the full you know hour it takes hour plus sometimes to to do around a mario party Mm -hmm. um you can pause it i will say it's definitely a game that's more fun with people because the npcs can either be really good or bad at the games and a lot of the games with NPCs will end in like five seconds where it might take more like a couple mm-hmm. minutes with people. So I will say that it's extremely polished. It's very good so far and I can't wait to play it with people. And yeah, Mario Party Superstars, solid entry. I also did this month's Mario Golf Tournament. to get Mario Golf Tournament? Colors. They have those? <laughs> yeah. Well, every every month they do like a online ranking thing where you just play mm-hmm. ranked matches you know three holes against three random opponents and you you level up to a minus and it gives you some new cosmetic so that's always cool anyway i've played a lot we were really backed up because we did tales from the map and we had a lot of i had a lot of stuff backed up that i needed that's that's probably good honestly if you think about it it's probably a good episode then because we got rid of all that so maybe we could start actually talking about some new stuff we'll actually play along the week is this stuff yeah. we've been holding I'm thinking out SNES Revival for sure um, on next week's episode. Mm-hmm. But you know what else is coming out like on the day this episode goes up? A Shin Megami Tensei V. Oh, yeah, that does come out. So there's there's still a lot for me. GTA is coming out like the day before. 
It's like a Thursday. I'm a, I'm yeah. First time playing Vice City. <laughs> so, oh, but while we're at it, would you say we'd done an episode? I should wrap up at least this episode, kind of back catalog stuff. Yeah. A lot of a lot of me rambling One about like news. fifty things I've played. <laughs> Important news. Oh, guess what, what I got what here? What news do we got now? Reese's white chocolate trees. Yes, they have them. <laughs> How did I know? There I is saw. A, I saw. They had. It's only been a couple. I think I got them like the day. It, like I think it was like the second, and they already had them out. Did yours get all misshapen? Mine usually ended up know. misshapen. Like, my Maybe. bag of white chocolate pumpkins that I still have, like, half of, because I don't know why. Are they, like, all bent apart and everything? Ugh. No, I'm kind of keeping them just kind of laying flat somewhere. Good, good, good. Well, anyway, guys, we'd like to thank you so much for listening. Please follow our Twitter, at Markers on the Map, for all our links and stuff. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, and if you want, you can leave a good rating and review Download an episode, subscribe to the podcast, and listen to us wherever you are. If you don't like Apple, we're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and our Podbean site. All those links are always going to be at Twitter, at Markers on the Map. And I'd like to start making more posts on the Twitter account, so look forward to that. Anyway, there's not much left to say, except for what we always say. And that is that the real chaotic Shadow Warriors was the friends we made along the way. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Later.